Sometimes the fun begins when the paved road ends. Chevy Silverado 2500 HD is made to work hard and play hard on the road or off. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details and experience life in HD. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Paul Listick Behind the Curtain. As you know, my chance to step away from the worlds of politics and law that I cover on television and do something a little more fun, which is the world of entertainment. And this show is going to be one that I am so incredibly excited about that you'll be able to catch at the Cadillac Palace Theater until October 29th. It's called What a Wonderful World. For me, I'm going to call it something else. I'm going to call it the Louis Armstrong story because I am such a huge fan of Louis Armstrong that I just want everybody to know that that's who this show is about. Uh, and joining me to talk about this uh, are two of the stars of the show, Jenny Harney Fleming and DeWitt Fleming Jr. And the fact that you are both named Fleming is not a coincidence. No, it is not. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you, husband and wife. Y- yeah. Yes, you all are married, but getting to do the show together. Have you worked in other shows together before? Is this kind of a, a newer thing? Yeah, we worked in shows that we actually met during the show uh, called uh, Pearl, which is about the life of Pearl Bailey. Um, yeah, where uh, coincidentally, uh, Jenny played Pearl Bailey and I played her brother, Bill Bailey. <laughs> oh, I love it as opposed to a husband, but anyway, but now you, you fix that in this way. Uh, you were in Color Purple, you were in Hamilton. And by the way, you were like, am I right that initially you could play any Skylar sister we needed? Exactly. I was the <laughs> one and only universal Skylar sister. So that meant that uh, at any time I could go to any of the U.S. companies and play any of the three sisters in, in that production. Was it always a bummer when you had to just be Ann Peggy? No, it was always fun. Okay. I love playing Peggy. <laughs> I love it. Because you know nobody when you got this. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> uh, no, it's, that one of my, it's one of everybody's favorite shows. It's just amazing. And DeWitt, you, TV's Boardwalk Empire, people recognizing you from that. Uh, but you also, man, you are the master of the dance here and right and a tap dancer. And those skills are amazing. Let's talk about the roles you play in this show for you, although the name is Lincoln Perry, that's not really the name people who people who know, they don't know your character by that name. What do we know your character as historically? Historically, his name is Stephen Fetchett. And, and who was he? Oh, uh, Stephen Fetchett was the first uh, African-American movie star. Uh, he was just a very brilliant man. A lot of people, unfortunately, only know him by his uh, stage uh, name, Stephen Fetcher, and the character he played. But he was just such a brilliant, brilliantly smart man. Um, uh, he, you know, did a lot of great things that we don't even have time on here to talk about. But I, I, I encourage anybody who uh, thinks they know about Stephen Fetcher to go look him up, and you would be like pleasantly surprised about what he has done and how he's affected our entire entertainment industry today. It's brilliant. And, and by the way, it's, that name, Step and Fetch It, nobody would use a name like that today, I think, to be to be in show business. But we have to understand that that name, that character he played, goes way back, I think, the 30s, right? Oh, even before that. I mean, he first he first got the name off a horse because <laughs> he liked to, he liked to uh, bet on horses. And the name of the horse was called Step and Fetch It. Oh. And there so he took that to name his act. Yeah. And it just and you know the history. I love yeah, it. And it took off from there. Yeah. And Jenny, you play Lil Harden. And so you, uh, you're you married to Louis Armstrong. She was married to Louis Armstrong in the real world. And what's interesting, I'm going to broaden that question out a little bit, because as I understand it, um, I'm, I'm coming open tonight, so I'll be cheering at you all from, the, from about the, the third row. But um, my understanding is that the show is being told 
from the perspective of the women in Louis Armstrong's life. That's a really unique thing to have read. So you got to explain. Let me actually look for people who don't know who Louis Armstrong is. Let me invite you to talk a little bit about who Louis Armstrong was, but then why the perspective from the women in his life? Yeah, I mean, he was an incredible musician who absolutely turned the entertainment industry on its head, specifically at that time in our history. Um, he is credited with being uh, one of the people who created jazz um, and what jazz became, um, which is one of the biggest and most incredible, intricate uh, art forms, truly American art forms to be created. Um, and, um, you know, we all know him as the entertainer, but we don't know about his personal life. Um, and just the very fact that he had four wives in his lifetime um, is kind of interesting. And, and when you start to research his background and his, the, the different seasons of his career, the stages of his career, you start to see how each wife kind of chronicles uh, the different stages and seasons of his career that we get to see and that we may have a recollection of when we hear certain songs or hear certain uh, sounds or, or uh, seasons of uh, jazz, you know, from its inception to, you know, each big band and then, you know, the hot five. And, you know, we see different uh, iterations of jazz and as it evolves over the century. And during those different decades, you see how his relationship with his wives influenced him as an artist in those different seasons of time, whether it was prohibition, whether it was back in New Orleans, you know, when he first started playing and he was, you know, uh, married to his first wife and they, you know, grew up in brothels and that whole scene and, you know, then the vaudeville era and then, you know, Hollywood and how that style of jazz uh, was very different from, you know, even when we when he became popular in, uh, on TV and film and in in his later years, and, you know it's 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 incredible to see how those things start to parallel over the century. Yeah. You and, know, and, and by the way, the wife you play, Lil, I mean, she's the one most people if we are familiar with his wife. You're kind of the one we know about. Well, yeah, because she was also a musician and she she had a career of her own prior to uh, Louis coming on the scene, and she's the one who is credited to kind of give him his polish. And teach him, you know, uh, get get him more street savvy and yeah. not street savvy, but savvy in terms of the, the music scene, uh, because she was the one of the band leaders uh, for the Hot Five. She was the one who uh, inception had the inception of the Hot Five and um, took Louis from King Joe Oliver's band, where he was, you know, playing second trumpet and put him out front and taught him how to dress and taught him how to clean up his act, you know. Um, and so she kind of polished him up into the professional that we started to see um, that you do, you would not have seen, you know, in those uh, um, New Orleans days, you know, yeah. when he was young, he was a young butt buck or he was going on the river boats and playing, you know, in, in those big bands that he kind of got swallowed up. She kind of pushed him to the forefront and showed him, Hey, get your act together. This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is what you're capable of. Do it. A lot of people think Louis Armstrong, they tie him to New Orleans because we now fly into Louis Armstrong Airport. Uh, and he certainly was a major presence in New Orleans. The truth is he had Chicago roots, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it was hot in Chicago, you know, people. Well, you know, a, a lot of a lot of black musicians also like to move to Chicago because they got treated 
I mean, New Orleans is still part of the South, you know. So down there, you know, you, you don't get the same treatment you do up here in Chicago. And the money was better. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of musicians, a lot of musicians from New Orleans, you know, just from around, you know, all moved up to Chicago just for better conditions, better working conditions. And uh, some of the first um, Black artists to even be able to have the rights or credit to their music was people that came to Chicago. So, you know, it's, it's, it's for a black person, you know, there's a reason why everybody moved up here, you know? (laughs) That's true. And by the way, Jenny, am I right? Because I I think I read you were raised in New York, but I thought you had Chicago roots. I have a sister who's raised here in Chicago, Uh, but I spent a good amount of time here when I, when I started with the Motown tour uh, back in 2013, we were here for about six months. And then when I did the Hamilton uh, Universal thing, I was here quite often. Gotcha. So you love this city, I hope. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Okay. We we did a special on Motown, and I interviewed Barry Gordy. And I remember when I was talking to the cast members, I mean, what a treat that was. And, you know, you just, when you do this kind of thing, you like to, you know, like, hey, Jenny, hey, DeWitt, you know. So I, I was asking the cast members, like, do you call him Barry? And the answer was, no, it's Mr. Oh. Gordy. <laughs> Yes, yes. So I didn't know what to say. I mean, I, I was yeah. respectful to her. So like, I just want to call him Barry, but I didn't yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, do it. The other thing is, so be, because you are a dancer and, and which means you appreciate like any dancer, but you know, it's like, you can look at, I can look at a move and you can, and, and like, you can say that's Bob Fosse, right? You, there's just certain choreographers you look at, you say, you know it. Well, let me just use that talent of yours to bring you into this music world. Because is it fair enough to say when you're talking Louis Armstrong, I can hear about three notes uh, of a trumpet it's louis armstrong three notes absolutely absolutely i mean it's the tone you know it's the quality of the sound it's the fullness of the sound it's the aggressiveness of the sound and sometimes the subtlety of the sound i mean just laid back that that vibrato that starts to happen it's just it's just clean well i can't wait and by the way and of course the role is being played by james monroe eaglehart who i absolutely love i had go ahead James is amazing. I mean, the way he takes this role and, and just really creates and brings us into the world of Louis Armstrong from when he was young. I mean, we're, we're spanning six decades here, you know, and James really takes care and really, you know, shows who he was and, and you know, behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, you know, and it's it's really, he does some beautiful work. You know, we're we're really proud and honored to be, you know, up there with him because he's, he's some amazing work. and you give him a hug for me I, I, i'll give you a very quick my james story i the producers of aladdin flew me out to new york i had not seen the show and i was going to do a special on it they did it so they flew me out and then i went backstage afterwards for a tour and whatever and james yeah. was the genie that night he had long left the show and the night i was there the one night i was there he said they called me to do this he goes i don't even know why because the regular genie was out the understudy was not he said they just asked me to do it this has never happened wow. and i decided they did it for me yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> that they wanted me to meet the man. And so I got to do that and just loved him. All right, here's a question. I don't know if it's, it might be one of those trick questions that you used to say you can or cannot answer, but does James play the trumpet in the show? Are there tricks or are you not allowed to say? I don't know. No, James plays. Mm-hmm. He plays. Oh, so we're going to be hearing him. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. going to be hearing him. Yeah. I mean, he's been working in our, our music team, uh, Anastasia Victory and, and Michael um, Mike uh, Michael Odell Mitchell. Lord, I mean, they, they, the way they've taken this music and just, you know, it's it's so funny because I've, I mean, I've been working in the jazz world for a long time. And so I know some of these tunes, you know, yeah. and, and but the way they do it, it's just like sometimes I feel like, 
wait, how did you take that? And turn it on its head. <laughs> and just bring it like, you know, so current. So but good. yes, but yet respect mm-hmm. the history of the song and where it came from and its roots. I mean, they have really done some amazing stuff with this music. And so it's, it's yeah. Wow. James worked with James and, you know, brought in some teachers and trumpet players to help him, you know, because um, he already. So, but he, I don't think he didn't play before, right? He learned it for this role. He did. He did yeah. play before. Yeah. Okay. He did a little bit before, but he right. didn't, he wasn't seasoned in it. He wasn't before. Louis Armstrong. Well, no. nobody's Louis Armstrong. <laughs> right. You know, but I think in yeah. order to help him along to, you know, sharpen those things, because I mean, the man works yeah. more than anybody else in this industry. <laughs> so how he has time to study the trumpet, I don't even I can't. Yeah. Oh that. my God! Well, let him know that the little genie uh, things. Uh, every time there's one up on eBay and I try to bid on it, I drop out. They go for over like four thousand dollars when he signs them. So just if he's got one in his dressing room, tell him to bring it out. <laughs> uh, but, but, and Jenny, here's the other thing. So the show is called "What a Wonderful World," and I know why. Um, that's obviously one of Armstrong's most famous songs. However, it's one of his most famous songs later in his career. As a kid, I actually fell in love with him with Hello, Dolly and his recording of Hello, Dolly back in, I think, 1964, that <laughs> album, the whole bit. I was a little kid, but man, I was all about that song. D- d- is the name of the show is the theory about let's reach younger people. Let's reach a, a newer generation who might will only know him because of that, not even realize the history that they're going to see. Well, I hope my hope is that this show will will do just that will uh, reinvigorate the younger generations to start to reinvestigate those things. People who haven't heard this music before people, you know, who are teenagers or kids now, but um, I think more so the wonderful world concept has to do with how complicated the world is, you know, and still finding the beauty and the wonder um, in it when you are dealing with a tremendous amount of pain, when you are smiling through pain, when you are, you know, overwhelmed with, you know, fear and anxiety or whatever the different season is that you get to specifically see painted, the pictures that you see painted in this production, you know, even still he, he, we see him, this flawed man still rise to the occasion with a smile, still try to do, you know, bring out the best in himself for the sake of others, um, use his music you know, to touch people. And that's that's really the biggest premise that you get is that even though he's a flawed person that you don't really hear about until you see the story. Yeah, uh, I, I get that. And, and, yeah. and DeWitt, I'm curious, you know, like in the Michael Jackson story and MJ, if you know Michael Jackson's, the difficult parts of his past, you hear some lines here and there about it. But if you don't know, you it kind of goes over, you know, goes beyond you. In this story, I know one of the things that Louis Armstrong was was challenged on because that that big smile, that bright, you know, that happiness and all that kind of stuff. But then he took a lot of heat from the African-American community who felt he was just, you know, plain of the white community and all that. Do, 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 do you all dress that in the show? Do we hear about that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You'll hear about that in the show. We do address it. And uh, I think Oren Esquire, our writer, does a great job of um, yes. showcasing it and, and, you know, touching on it, but not sitting in it, not like really highlighting you know uh, uh that but just showing you what it was and, and you know giving people perspective you know i mean we're going through like i said uh six decades of his life you know and that was very a very small portion of it but a very impactful one so we have to talk about it um but we also want to celebrate him for all the other amazing stuff he did and i think you know everyone did a great job at doing that show and jenny do we have a lot of people playing lots of famous people i mean that man worked with everybody he was amazing so do a lot of famous names show up in this 
the, sh- the names will show up. The names will show up. Um, but I think people are going to be pleasantly su- surprised with um, the arc of, of things and the turn okay. it's taken. I think How much has this changed? Has, has this show changed? I think both of you have been with this since the inception. So it started in Florida, right? Ran for a little bit. and has- Yeah, I've, I've been with it since uh, 2019. Um, so how with not alone, but I'm just sort of curious, how has it matured or changed from then till now so that we're getting the show that Broadway deserves? Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely been some changes. I mean, you know, it, it, art is always evolving, you know, and, and as as much as it is able to live and breathe, you know, you, you always see something different, hear something different, mm-hmm. you know, discover something else. And as more, you know, uh, uh, contributors come and more people, you know, join the project who've done their own research, you know, and that's the great thing about this show, you know, uh, all the, the actors and the creatives and the musicians, everyone does their own research and, and has a connection to this show. So they always bring something to the table. So just the sheer fact of that, it grows from that and adds new perspective in life. So every time we do it, it's, it's, it just gets better and better. And you all know that most producers or people like Jerry Mitchell, you know, he's got boot coming here. There are a lot of people who want to try their show out pre-Broadway right here in Chicago because you know, and I know, uh, Jenny, you can attest to this. We got the best audiences in the world here. Theater, sophisticated audiences. Absolutely. 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 I love love playing Chicago because you always get such a great mix of people, people who know theater but also aren't so out of touch. You know what I mean? They're really earth people, but they they know quality theater when they see it. Yeah, I think absolutely. Do uh, you familiar with the car- Garrett's caramel cheese corn mix? It's just gonna be down the street. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've I've, I've played uh, Chicago a few times, and uh, unfortunately, I'm allergic to corn, so I haven't. Oh been no! Able- <laughs> you know, I I indulged when I was here with Cirque du Soleil in 2010. Um, but after that, I said, okay, I can't because it's too good. I'm gonna end up going to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Well, then can you at least get? Like Lou Malnati's pizza, can we get that in you? Yeah, I've I've tried that too. It's been a while. It's been a <laughs> while, but you know, I will say we live in New York, so you know that's that's a tough battle it's right a there. Tough battle, that's <laughs> yeah. tough it is. But however, I do have a place for you to go for some New York style pizza here too. We got it all here. Uh-huh. So don't so don't be sure. Well, I, it's gonna it's so wonderful that you guys are gonna spend. It's such a short run here, but I guess that's enough for producers, directors, choreographers, yourself, because you are one of the choreographers to just kind of work some yeah. things out in front of our audiences for a couple of weeks. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's 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 just like Jenny said, the audiences here are great. They're they're so knowledgeable. Um, and they know their music, you know, they know jazz and they know Louie, you know, they know Little Harding, you know. So it, it's exciting to get in front of an audience who knows and who, you know, will appreciate it and, and, and respond, you know, uh how they will respond. I mean, we're waiting to, to hear it and, and hear their thoughts and, you know, see how they feel. So we're excited. And, and, you know, there is such a big jazz community here and a blues community here yeah. that I just they're going to fill the house every night, taking seats away from me uh, to you know, <laughs> to uh, to just really enjoy and get into this music. And by the way, just before I want to run out of time here, but um, I'm assuming that people who love Louis Armstrong music will get our fill. Right. We're going to hear the songs we want to hear. Oh, yeah. You're going to hear the songs. Oh, and, yeah. and like I said, some of them are reimagined from what, you know, uh, Michael Mitchell and Anastasia Victory have done with this music. I mean, it, it, it gives you another reason to love the music, you know. I mean, it's it's already perfect on its own. But then they, you know, take something that's perfect and, and put a little even more on it. And it just... It just brings, you know, if you weren't a jazz fan before, you, you're probably going to be one after this show. I mean, 
It's, well, it's I can't. And you have me so excited to see James now that I know that it's not trickery and he's going to be playing that trumpet and all that. And I've seen some pictures of him getting it because, you know, I mean, I get where they could cast him looks wise and stuff. But right, uh, right. but no, he's 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 doing the right. Shave that beard he had. I mean, so he's doing, he's doing <laughs> some things to make this work. Um, I'm just so excited for you guys. I'm so excited to see this show. It is playing at the Cadillac Palace Theater until October 29th. Ain't going to be no extensions because you guys are going on to Broadway. So <laughs> people have to go to broadwayinchicago.com now and get those tickets. Yeah, no Jenny tickets. and DeWitt, I'm I'm so glad you get to perform together. And I hope you get along because I would not want to go home afterwards with both of you <laughs> if, if there are issues like that. But, you know, oh, and Vanessa Williams producing it. Have to yeah. do a shout out to Vanessa. Oh, shout so- out to Vanessa. Chris Renshaw mm-hmm. is directing it. Uh, we got the Ricky, uh, my man Ricky Tripp, you know, doing a uh, it, it is, it is amazing. I, I wish both of you luck. I'm going to get cut off here. We're going to wish both of you luck. Thank you. Break legs every night. I'm going to see you on opening night. I'll bring some Garrett's, but not for you to do it. And we're going <laughs> to, I have two, two coins. Two. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Y'all take care. Y'all take care. Bless you. Have a great run here in Chicago. Break legs every night. Thank you. Thank Paul. you. you too. Thank Bye. you. All right. Bye.